30-some odd years ago, there wasn't a lot of employment opportunity in Talkeetna, and so those of us that were young people then had to leave to work in the summer and fall, kind of, uh, and then we came back for the winter, so it was kind of the opposite of what happens now. So my boyfriend at the time, uh, his father had a place outside of San Diego that he wanted to remodel, so uh, we went down with a friend of ours who was also a carpenter to be the first phase of the demolition for getting ready for this remodeling. So this house was located um, down Long Dirt Road, and then there was a locked gate, and then a series of switchbacks that went down to the house. <laughs> anyway, so this house was incredibly remote for outside of San Diego. Um, there were no other neighbors, no other houses in sight. I mean, it was very, very remote. It didn't take too long after we started exploring the area that we realized that we were also ex uh, surrounded by a major marijuana growing operation. <laughs> so we figured, well, you know, we're just going to keep our heads down. This isn't our scene. You know, we're just not going to make any waves. You know, hopefully it'll all just go away. <laughs> well, that all worked for a little while until one day we looked out the window and there were these guys up at the top of the hill in suits and nine black blazers coming down the switchbacks. Well, it didn't take too long for us to make the decision that we didn't really want to be there when these guys got there. So we jumped out a window and booked it down into the oak scrub. So after about two hours, the guys started getting antsy and decided they wanted to go up and check it out. So needless to say, it wasn't very long before they were apprehended. And so I laid under an oak tree in a dry creek bed for six hours. <laughs> and rather than completely freak out about what might be happening, I had kind of a zen day. And <laughs> I just kind of looked at little spider webs and little leaves and tried to stay focused on really nice things. And unbeknownst to me, up above, um, the narcs were getting ready to take these guys in when the growers showed up at the top of the hill and were watching the whole process through their binoculars and another black blazer came up behind them and their trunk was full of irrigation supplies and other growing paraphernalia. So the tables turned and the guys came and got me after six hours, told me the tale, and I flew out the next day. That's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so the cops had asked kind of enthusiastically that we stick around. And the guys flew out right after I did. So even though we got back to Talkeetna, we were still a little paranoid. And, um, and as it turned out, they never got in touch with us. But most people that come to Alaska that are getting away from something generally go farther. And that's exactly what we decided to do. So we flew out to the Talkeetna Mountains and um, decided to hang out there for a while. So we flew into this lake that had a small cabin. Um, and the next day, the lake froze up, so we knew nobody was coming in for a while. <laughs> so when I say small, this cabin was small. It was like maybe 7 by 10. It had like three logs up, and then the roof was like this. So there was room just in the end for a door. And then you walked in. It was a dirt floor. There was a gas tank uh, wood stove and a, a bed that was like under the, the roof like this. So the person sleeping on the inside of the bed had a purlin that was about four inches above your nose. <laughs> so there was not much snow. This was in October, and so traveling was really amazing. The snow was really condensed down. You could go anywhere. And that was great for us, but it was also great for lots of four-legged creatures. 
So it wasn't long after we got there that this cabin started to look like a hub of a wheel and coming from 360 degrees were all these little trails of tiny, tiny little footprints, all converging. <laughs> so once a week, I would stay home and get the wood stove really cranked up, melt a bunch of snow, wash me, my hair, laundry, and while all my clothes were drying, I would bake bread and kill shrews. <laughs> so I would be in my boots because it was so hot in the cabin to bake the bread. So I would sit on the end of the bed and I'd put a morsel of food down on the floor and when the first shrew came, I would take a stretching board and bonk the first shrew. <laughs> And then the second shrew would come to eat the first shrew, and I bonked the second shrew. Pretty soon it had like this pyramid of shrews. And my uh, record was 13 shrews in the time that it took to do a bed-breaking shift. So anyway, that was daytime. Nighttime was a whole different story. I would lay on my left side and put my fingers in my ears with my headlamp on one of the main portals of entry. And Mark would balance a 22 handgun on my hip. And when the redback voles would start to come in, he would blow them away and we'd put like these little bloody carcasses, usually three or four of them, on the floor to keep the shrews down. Well, that worked for a while until one night we were only able to shoot one bull. And I don't know if we decimated the population or if the word got out that, uh, you know, the mousy vortex was a dangerous place to come to. So anyway, we put the bloody little carcass down. And now I need to point out that I was sleeping on the inside of the bed. And in the middle of the night, a shrew ran over my face. So I sat up, as you can imagine, with a fair amount of velocity and smashed my face right into that log purlin. So I determined that my nose nor my face were broken, but I had a major meltdown. And the next day I made, I found a spruce tree with a big well and I put spruce boughs under it and that became my new bedroom. And that first night when I settled in, I realized that I was seeking solace under yet another tree. <laughs> and in a very, very different environment, however. So it wasn't too long after that that it snowed a great big dump and it buried the cabin and it sealed, excuse me, sealed it all off and I was able to move back in and we no longer lived in the mousy vortex. Thank you. <laughs>